Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. Hey, Magic Makers, another great conversation I had today with Ms. Dominice Clifton. And I absolutely love this conversation because we did a whole deep dive into stress. And I want to keep talking about stress because so many of you discount it. So many of you are like, this is just how life is supposed to be. And we need to start to let go. And the conversation started with talking about control and how her conditioned responses were when it came to stress. And many of us are just living in that, you know, kind of Pavlov's dog. You know, a stressor comes in, boom, and we go right to that normal place that we always seem to go to. And our conversation really focused around how do we break out of that stress and what are some of the tips and tools? And, you know, she did this small little experiment that I think many of you, if posed with the same experiment, many of you would freak the hell out. So have a listen. And I would love to hear, are you willing to unpack how you relate to stress? Are you willing to take a different path so that we have less stressful lives? Because trust me, I'm a recovering stress ball. And I look back at how I thought life was supposed to be. And whoo, I am so grateful that I have started to just let go of so many of the things I've been holding on to for like freaking decades. So have a listen and let me know how this is landing with you. This week's iTunes review is brought to you by Jackie O. Jazzhands. She writes a great, funny podcast about real topics we all struggle with. Kim gives great advice and support to people to live their best lives life. Ah, that just fills my heart. Thank you so much for taking the time to write me that five-star review. And for those of you who have yet to leave that five-star review, all you have to do is go on to iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast and do the same thing, and I will read it on the air. So thank you so much, Jackie O'Jazzhands. It fills me up when I get read those reviews from the heart. Enjoy the podcast. Magic makers, today is a topic that so many of you can identify with. And, you know, this guest struck a chord with me because, you know, she said that life is extremely overwhelming for people from time to time. And maybe for you, you always feel like you are, but your stress button is always on like red alert. And I love her approach. She has three R's that are really going to help you really kind of put a a box on this so we can start to figure out how do we get out of this stress box. And so I want to introduce you to my guest today, Dominice Clifton. And I know that what she's going to share today is going to like really just give you some mind nuggets that are just going to probably blow your mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Denise, welcome to the show. Dominice, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kim, for having me. I am thrilled to be here and to have this conversation with you. Yeah. And, you know, 
I always like to ask people because I know I came to this work because of my life Mm -hmm. and I know how crazy my past life was. So how did you come to this work? Did you have like the same kind of like backstory where like your life was like, OMG, Mm -hmm. and you're like, I need to do something about it. So the short answer is yes. Um, We typically teach what we need. And that was the case for me. I always tell people that I never saw myself being in the wellness space. My background is in fundraising, uh, excuse me, fundraising, grant writing and event planning. And so that's that's where I spent a lot of time in my career. And three and a half years ago at this point, I was I had a newborn baby and a three year old COVID had just hit. I was really stressed out. I had walked away from my Mm. job for an extended maternity leave and then COVID hit. And so it was a very long maternity leave. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise. (laughs) You've been working hard and you've been dieting for months, but you still can't seem to lose that stubborn belly fat. You're starting to think that it's just never going to go. You're so frustrated because no matter what you do, it just won't disappear. Losing belly fat doesn't have to be hard. In fact, in the belly fat code, I show you that it can be downright easy. The belly fat code is your roadmap to a smaller waistline. I will show you how to make losing weight feel easy and effortless. No more grueling workouts or restricted diets. The belly fat code is coming back in spring of 2023. So make sure you hop on the list if you are telling yourself that weight loss is your top priority for 2023. Wonderful timing. I I had my daughter in September of 2019. And so just just to put a little bit of a time frame on that, but even before that moment of like being at a really low point, not really having a plan and being sure what I was going to do. My husband and I were having some hard times financially. So I was stressed in that moment, but I had lived my life being really stressed and always worrying about things because that's what I learned from my mother. And so anytime anything didn't go the way that I thought it needed to go, I would be in a habitual state of stress. And I was overweight for most of my life from eight years old up until a couple of years ago. And so I I literally wore that stress in my body. And once I started focusing on my myself, which looked like really nurturing and nourishing my mind, body and spirit every day, the weight started to fall off easier and much mm. easier than like all the other times in the past where I had just, you know, focused on crash diets and nutrition. And I right. had an aha moment of... I had always focused on just the physical and it was really when I focused on, you know, nourishing all the parts of myself and healing, which is which which was a huge part of that for me. When I focused on letting go of things that I was holding on to energetically, physically, the weight came off and stayed off. And so I just felt really passionate about sharing that with other people. I became a nutrition and wellness coach and I did that for several years working with busy women, busy moms. And I saw this pattern in the women that I was working with where they would always be really stressed out, really overwhelmed. This was, again, at the height of COVID. These were busy career women who had lives and they were wives and mothers. And there was this pattern of like super stressed out. And so for me, it was how can I support my clients better? And like, how do I teach them how to manage their stress better? Because we can't focus on weight loss or a meal plan if the house is literally on fire right now. And in that work of understanding how to support my clients, the more research that I did on stress, the more that I realized it was like a rabbit hole of, Mm. you know, a light bulb went off. Oh, my God. So many of the things that we're seeing, whether it's dis-ease, illness, you know, being overweight, violence in our communities, there's unaddressed stress and trauma at the root of all of those things. So it was a combination of me working to heal myself 
And then also wanting to share what I had learned from supporting my clients with the world, which got me to where I am today. Good. I you know, I like that because there's a couple of things that you said. Um, you learn that when things weren't going your way, you stressed about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, I hope people listening right here, you know, imagine because I hope some of you are like, oh, girl, <laughs> because I, it is we as soon as like and it could be the simplest things, you know, say the light didn't turn green when you wanted it because you were late for work. And then all of a sudden this like whole it means you make this meaning about why you didn't make that green light. And we can just kind of spiral from there. Yeah, yeah. So what you're talking about, which was most of my life, was a habitual stress response. I had learned from my mother that when something happens that is out of my control, this is what I do. Like, this is how I respond. And it wasn't it wasn't healthy ways to deal with things. And so if it was a bill that I couldn't pay or the light being, you know, uh, not the color that I wanted or something happening at work, all I knew to do was stress. I didn't know to I didn't know to focus on my body. I didn't know to pause. I didn't know any of those things. So all I knew was stress and worry and trying to control situations and hanging on so tightly and trying to manipulate things like that is how I lived most of my life. Yeah. A lot of us are living that way where it's so automatic that we don't even Mm. realize that there's another way to do things and that we can control. What I love is that um, I study the Kabbalah and what they teach is that you can't control anything. You can only control yourself. All the crazy things are going to happen. The kids are going to be crazy. The partner is going to be crazy. Life is going to be crazy. You can't control any of that. Although sometimes we try to, right? Especially as, oh, God, yeah. as women. Um, but you can control yourself. You can control how you respond to things. And that little bit of a mind shift for me has been such a game changer in how I approach life. Not to say that I don't have moments. Don't get me wrong. I have oh, a yeah. six-year-old, so I have my moments. <laughs> But when I think about, okay, she's having a meltdown, I can't control her. I can stop right now and breathe for a few minutes and like get myself together so that I can show up from a more empowered place and like calm my body down so that I can show up from a place that makes makes sense. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, it, it is something that we've we've learned that, you know, many of the magic makers listen here, we're control freaks, mm-hmm. right? We're type A plus mm-hmm. plus. And in our mind, like life has to go in this particular sequence. Yeah. And all it takes is one little thing that like pushes our sequence out of sequence. Yeah. We're like, what the hell? And you just start to like spiral oh, from yes. there. Mm-hmm. And so what you said is like, you know what? Life's gonna life. Like no and you know, I always tell people the quietest life ever got was during COVID. Like we are never, hopefully, <laughs> never, never gonna go back to that spot where for what four, three, four months, we were just like told, like, stay your ass home. Yeah. And even then we found something to stress mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Honestly, that was such a gift for me. COVID changed my entire life. So yeah. again, around that time I was on maternity leave. Um, I I have many past lives. I feel like a cat who has done <laughs> all the things. So before, so I walked away from my job and in the midst of walking away and becoming a nutrition and wellness coach, there was a point where I had started a natural hair salon with a friend, which was ah. horrible timing because then COVID happened and everything right. shut down. So we literally had this natural hair salon that was less than six months old that that we had to shut down and I was stressed. I was stressed. You know, again, mm-hmm. I worry about the money. I had taken on most of the financial risk for that. So there was a lot on me. So I being at this really low point, I was like, you know what? 
I know nothing else to do because all of this is out of my control right now. I know nothing else to do but to be still, to go inward. And going in, like going that journey within was the first time in a long time, I would say, or really forever that I had done that. But that those moments, those months changed my life. I was meditating one day and I got this message just as clear as day from my intuition, this download that said, focus on your mind, your body and your spirit every day for 90 days. And I did that. And it was so hard for me because I had never been consistent with anything before. And so the idea of doing this thing every day with a newborn and a child, you know, a young child and trying to figure out life, it was like, what? It was really hard for me in the beginning. But when I tell you that that 90 days changed my life, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you now had it not been for me doing that. Because physically, I maybe lost like 15 pounds. But at the end of that 90 days, there was something that had been awakened within me because I sat with myself. I was still for three months straight. I was, I was, you know, going within. And a lot of us are afraid to do that. But Mm -hmm. when you do that work, like that's where, that's where all the answers are. Oh God. Yeah. You know, and you're absolutely right. Cause if I said to you, um, you know, everyone wants to lose weight, right? All of your clients are like, you know, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And they all want to lose weight. And if you said, girlfriend, I want you for, let's just say 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. 15 minutes a day for the next, let's just cut it in half next 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. 15 minutes a day. I don't care what time of day it is. Just sit. They would look at you like you're asking them to climb Kilimanjaro Mm -hmm. and clear heels and bikini. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's, and so many people, you know, you see this trend all over, um, social media can we skip to the good part mm-hmm. mm. and and like that muck that mm. mess and if you think and you think back of those 90 days probably it wasn't until probably day 80 yeah. that you're like huh, yeah i think there's something here mm-hmm. but for 79 days you're like damn it and your your mind just was like why are we doing this yeah. like why are we listening to that I don't know where it came from, mm-hmm. but I'm listening. And you probably wanted to pull your butt out of that chair multiple times, but you're mm-hmm. like, let's see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I would like squeeze in time when my daughter was napping, you know, I would find, I would find time to squeeze in time for myself. And again, what was the difference? What was the game changer for me was Kim, I was overweight from eight years old up until about 32. I would lose Mm. the weight. I would gain the weight. I would lose the weight. I would gain the weight. And it was this vicious, really frustrating cycle of why can't I keep the weight off? Like, what is it? Yeah. What's wrong with me, right? Like, why can I not figure this out? And I remember telling myself around the time that I was at that low point, if I can figure this out, I can do anything because I had exactly. spent over 25 years struggling with food and it was winning. And what was the difference for me was that I had tried the lemonade diet and the celery diet and the eating. Yes. You know, with, <laughs> I tried everything. What was different for me was this time, I said, I'm going to allow my body to release. Like I'm going to let go yes. of all the things that I'm holding on to all of the, And that's what this, the last couple of years have been for me releasing, which is the first R that you mentioned is I'm going to let go of all the things that I'm holding internally that are manifesting externally. Like I'm holding yeah. that, you know, that, that baggage on my body. So what I always tell people, although I'm not in the weight loss space anymore, if you can relate to any part of my story and you've had a hard time with maintaining weight or losing the weight and maintaining the weight, 
it's not a magic diet pill or nutrition plan that's going to change you. It's you sitting with yourself yeah. and figuring oh. out what are the emotions behind the emotional eating? Like, what is yes. it that's making me resort to this behavior? And when you get to the root of it, because there's always a root of it, the weight loss is, an, is a byproduct of you doing the healing work. Yeah. And, you know, and it's funny because I, 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 um, I have a good, a good friend. And for years, just like you, she's like, she, you insert diet, she tried yep. it. And then, you know, we worked together for a while, but like, she just couldn't like click in, mm -hmm. you know, just, just with the basics. And then, you know, fast forward, you know, she just posted on Facebook, you know, just like you, she's like, Oh my God, I, I just can't believe it. Like yeah. I just lost all this weight because I let go. Yeah. Right. Oh I just God. like find, <laughs> I finally, you know, let go of maybe because, you know, we've been programmed like, a weight loss has to look a certain way, you know, you have to lose a certain amount of weight or, and then I have to struggle or whatever. And mm -hmm. she's just like, Kim, like, you know, I think back to some of the messages you would say to me and I just wasn't ready to hear it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think from people listening here, they're just like, how do you get to this place? And, you know, and I'm sure, you know, some of the tools you talk about, it's just like, you have to just be one, have the courage mm -hmm. and two, be curious. Like, what would happen if I did it this way? Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. Surrendering is such a big piece of that because oh. it didn't <laughs> that that I, I I will say that during that time I did make changes to my diet. I won't, you know, I won't say that it was just, oh, I meditated and the weight fell off. I cut sugar. I cut a lot of processed foods. Like I literally went through my pantry at the start of COVID and threw all the gunk out. Like I got rid of it all. My husband was right. like, what is happening? I had the trash <laughs> in the kitchen with the newborn strapped to my body, climbing up on the stepper to get rid of all the things. So I did yeah. that. I was aware and conscious of what I was eating and making mindful food choices, but I was only able to stick with that because I was meditating and because I was moving my body and because I was allowing my body to release. So I feel like for me, putting all of those things together, my body was like, mm, finally, like now you get it. Like now you get right. why we've been here because I, again, from eight years old had been holding on to so much. And so it's like releasing, surrendering and releasing is the first part of the process. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right. Cause it's like, you want to surrender, but then I, I feel that people get like squirrely, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the technical talk squirrely. And it's just like, you want to run back to what, you know, yeah. like you, like you run back to like, well, I know that if I cut these out yeah. and then you can only cut it out until you can't cut it mm -hmm. out anymore. And then all of a sudden, you know, even if you've cleaned out your cupboards, you're still thinking about whatever the food is that you're thinking about yeah. and you haven't really addressed the all mind. the mm -hmm. all the noise that is like telling you all the crazy stories yeah, yeah. it's deep work honestly it I it have is. done so much of studying the body, studying the mind and neuroscience, even understanding the way that the mind functions. So mm. a lot of times we don't realize that we're governed by our subconscious mind. So again, yeah. back to those habitual stress responses, if subconsciously you say, when I get stressed, I eat, and that's the subconscious belief or pattern that you hold consciously, right? right? You can be thinking, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to go to the right. gym. I'm going to, you know, work out, whatever it looks like for you. I'm going to do all of these things. You have that plan consciously and you get frustrated because you're trying to figure out, you feel, 
you feel defeated because you're like, I am trying to exert all the willpower and this is not working. What you don't realize is that the subconscious gorilla is driving the bus, right? So you got to get the conscious and the subconscious on the same page. Otherwise, what we experience is cognitive dissonance. When when you're thinking one thing with that 5% conscious control that you have, And then subconsciously, your mind is like, no, this is the pattern that I'm used to. And so I'm going to continue doing this thing. So again, it's so much more than just a nutrition plan or a diet. It is mind, body, and spirit, because you got to get all of those parts on board together for lasting change to occur. Yeah. And I, you know, as you said that, I, I don't, as health and fitness professionals, I think so, it's so challenging to get across the the mind Mm -hmm. piece. You know, because that just seems so woo, Mm -hmm. you know, that just seems so like I'm sitting on my cushion with a ruby in my head and, you know, waiting for things to happen where I know many of the women you work with and women I work with, they're like, Kim, I, I need, I need need to do, (laughs) right. I need to do, it's like, go to the gym for four hours in it, on Mm. it, got it. Only eat kiwis on it. And it's like, if you're just like, sit for five minutes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not on yeah. it. <laughs> yep. 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 And I know for me, like I am a go giver. I'm a, I talk fast. I just go, go, go. And that was for like me changing my patterns. Mm-hmm. Girl, <laughs> that was like trying to have a, ta- a tractor trailer, make a U-turn. <laughs> it was really mm-hmm. hard mm-hmm. because it's what I knew. Yeah. But that's the word. And- yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like after 15 plus years of doing the same shit and not, not getting, getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Getting getting this close and then thinking it's doubling down, yeah. thinking it's less food, more exercise, more something other than changing what the hell I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I love that. You're just like, I'm just going to do an experiment. Yeah. You know, one thing that I learned in my, again, studying the mind was um, there's this guy, John Asaraf. I'm not sure if you're uh, yeah. familiar, but he talks a lot about the brain and how we mm. how we change the mind. I remember listening to a YouTube video and he talked about, we all have an internal thermometer. And just like the thermometer in our house, we, mm. you know, you set it at 70. If it gets too cold, if it gets too hot, the air conditioning will kick on to bring you back up to 70 because that's what you've set it at and that's what it's used to. The same right. way that we have that thermometer for our homes, we have an internal thermometer for our bodies. And so a lot of us don't realize when it comes to weight that you've been, you know, however, however, 200 pounds for however long, your body, right. your mind and your body are set at that set weight. And when you go far off, so we might lose that 10 pounds. We lose that same 10 pounds over and over. You get to 190 and your body's like, ooh, wait, 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 wait. We're getting too far off from where we're set. And what happens is that then your body kicks in to make you go back to what's normal. So again, it's not just about the nutrition plan. It's about understanding the way that the mind and body work so that you can really lose the weight and keep it off. And so that's a lot of times even why drastic changes are not effective because sure, your body will lose the weight, but after a while, when you get too far off from that set point, Mm. your body is going to increase your hunger, right? And you're like, why am I so hungry? I'm binging now, I'm overeating now. And you're trying to figure out why it's because you've gotten too far off of what's been comfortable for you for a really long time. Right. So you got to approach that thing with doing the physical things, going to the gym or, you know, working out all those things, but it's also mindfulness. It's also the mental piece. It's also gradually easing your subconscious into the changes that are taking place. Yeah. No, and, and you know what? 
the easing, mm-hmm. the easing. And, you know, one of the things that I have to repeat to myself regularly, let it be easy. I love you that. know, we've been just so indoctrinated that in order to get to anywhere that I want to go, the road has to be covered with glass and it has to be 400 degrees. And if it, if, if it doesn't suck, is the journey worth yeah. it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that, I don't even, I mean, can we go there? I just yeah. had a, um, I just had a therapy session last week. Last Monday was my birthday a week ago today. And happy birthday. Thank you. I had this therapy session and we were working through some of my fears and it's, it's a, it was mm-hmm. a non-traditional or not non-traditional. It was a, a different approach to therapy called rapid resolution therapy or RRT. And mm-hmm. this is a, it's a unique um, way that they approach therapy where they really focus in and it's easy. It's an easy part. It's a little bit different from what I've been used to with talk therapy, but it was easy. And so we were talking and we're getting to the root of my fears and she's talking to me and explaining things. And again, like talking to my subconscious, we're using images and symbols because that's what the subconscious responds to. And she asked me after we had been on the, on our call for maybe an hour, it was about a two hour call. She asked me what, something along the lines of what is, what is the fear or like, what is the thing that's stopping you? And what came up for me was it needs to be hard for, yeah. for whatever I'm, you know, like for, from abundance, for money, for, for my business. Like there was something in me, my subconscious was like, no, this needs to be hard because that's what I learned. Right. That's what mm-hmm. life teaches us. That's what I've been conditioned to believe. And so if it ain't hard, I don't want it. And like consciously, I'm like, that doesn't even make sense because I want it to be easy, but that is the belief right. that I was holding on to. And that is what a lot of us hold on to. And so again, it was like, I had to like my mind spit out, like, I need to make this a struggle or it it's not worth it. And she was just like, do you even believe that? And I'm like, no, <laughs> but I was holding yeah. on to that. Right. You're, And it's funny because it's like, I always, I, as people, you know, through any type of different question, think different thinking, approaching something different. It's amazing the things that pop out that you didn't even realize that you're holding on to, you know, and I was, I was, I'm guilty of that too. Like I was such a hustler for so long. It was like, if you aren't hustling for your money, like why do it? And when all these people were talking, it could be easy. I'm like, the hell you don't know. And, and it is a reprogramming Mm -hmm. of everything that we've talked about. And, you know, as you, as we, we talked about, um, COVID, it really opened up a lot of people's eyes mm-hmm. that life could be different. Yeah. Or the fact that I know for me, the fact that I was like slower than I've been in my entire life or my conscious life, I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like to have this much space that I w- didn't have like 30 minutes to be like, I hope I get every, every, every green light so I can catch that class on time. And it just was like, you know what? I liked having that much space. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I liked being slow mm-hmm. and it was oh eye opener because had COVID not happened, I don't know if I would have given myself the time to explore what mm-hmm. slow felt like. Yeah. I would have thought slow was like, oh, I'm just going to get behind. Yeah, I think COVID, I love that you share that. And I think what what is true is that COVID gave us a lot of us permission to try something different. And then we tried it and we were like, oh, I like it here. <laughs> yeah, like it here. this feels good. Yeah. Or why do I resist it for so long? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there was like, if there was a space or a gap in my schedule, immediately it was like, I got to fill, fill it. it. And it yeah. would, and I would just be like hustling to be like, okay, 
who or how can I fill this hole with something? Yeah. And I think what you're saying is so beautiful. And for everyone listening who can resonate with that, what is required is starting to ask the questions of why do I believe that? Where did that belief come from? Which was what we were doing on that call. And what came up for me was this is generational trauma. Like my mom struggled and I was taught that and my grandmother struggled and I was taught that. And so really starting to like peel back the layers of the onions and allow yourself to journey, to go through that work of, well, where did I learn this? Even with my behaviors and patterns and the way that I respond to stress, who taught me that? Is it working for me? You know, do I still have to hold on to this? I think giving yourself permission to put down what's no longer yours to carry will go a long way in mind, body, like all of those changes happening. But we don't even realize a lot of the times the beliefs, the values, the patterns that we're holding on to that don't even serve us, but we've been holding and carrying them for so long that it's just business as usual. Yeah, and, and you're right. It is, we are either taught by our parents, taught by society that this is what we are. Um, I just did a podcast about perfection and most people won't identify themselves as perfectionist. But if we go unpack what perfectionism is and we talk about the behaviors, most people are like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. I am. And a lot of it are things we get rewarded for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're so organized. And so you're like, I got to be even more organized mm-hmm. so that I can get more praise. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. Yes. That's- yeah. <laughs> so that's why I wanted you on the show. Cause I, I, I want, as people are listening to this, I, it's awareness, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. know, both um, Dominique and I both had these behaviors that we just did like it was just this is who I am who I like and we didn't see there's nothing wrong with it it's just like now that it's been aware you're now aware of it you're like do I want to continue yes yes and that's where meditation comes in the mindfulness comes in because people think that meditation is about controlling your thoughts or manipulating your thoughts, stopping your thoughts. And so you might've tried it and you might've been like, this doesn't work for me because I'm still thinking. And that's a myth. Like I want to, I want to just debunk that for anyone that is listening that has had that experience. I'm a certified meditation facilitator and that is not what meditation is about. Meditation is just about becoming aware of the thoughts. So let all of the thoughts come in, let the long to-do list come in and just envision yourself as an observer, as if you're watching a movie on a movie screen and you're seeing the thoughts go by and you're just noticing them without judgment, without criticism, without you know naming something or shaming something, you're just noticing it. What happens is that when you train your mind to be an observer and you notice that there's the mind and there's something else outside of that that's able to notice the mind, You take that with you in your day-to-day life. So when you get the urge to overeat because you're stressed or to respond, you know, that however, overreact to something because you're stressed, when you meditate consistently and you build up that mindfulness muscle, that's what you're doing the same way that we go to the gym and build our physical muscles. Over time, you begin to pause. That moment of pause is what invites you to say, I'm going to make a different choice here. I don't have to respond the way that I always respond. I can choose to take a deep breath, 
before I respond in a way that I'm not going to feel good about later. I can choose to go participate in a different behavior before I overeat this whole bag of chips and then feel guilty about it later. So meditation gives you the power to make different choices. It builds that self-awareness with yourself. And it's not going to be perfect every time because sometimes those habitual behaviors are going to, they're going to, they're going to happen, but it'll give you more authority over your life, more freedom to make different choices. And so again, that's why the mind, bringing the mind into the picture is so important because when you become self-aware, you begin to notice the things that you're doing that maybe you didn't notice before. And then maybe consciously you don't feel good about the way that you're responding to things. And that is when you can say, okay, I'm going to start just again, taking a deep breath or choosing a different stress response to something and not just being in this automatic pattern, you know, where you, where you feel like you're losing this constant battle. Right. And so, you know, one of the things that you also do, because I know for me, meditation, I struggled with for a long time. And the one thing that I was able to feel, feel like I was able to get some success with was the breath work. Mm. And I don't know if it's because in my mind, I had to be doing something, you know, that I couldn't let go of like my, my mind just as my mind's always even more having this conversation, my mind's still like whirling 5 million miles a minute, but I was able to access breath work. That I felt helped me just to kind of find that like quietness more so than meditation. Mm -hmm. And so do you find for some people that it's either or, or do you find that, you know, it's kind of you know, whatever your preference is. That's a beautiful question. And I, nothing is a one size fits all approach. And so I think that people have to give themselves permission to play around with things and see what works for them as they're building their, I call it a soul care toy box, not a toolkit, (laughs) but a soul care toy box. Because when you think about toys, you think like a toy box, it's adventurous and it's exploring and it's fun and you figure out what works for you. And if it doesn't work, get rid of it. So it, it's not necessarily what do I need to do to fix myself, right? Because when we think about tools, like tools fix things, it's about how can I make this fun and how can I make this work for me? And a part of that is figuring out what works for you. And so it's getting curious. And if you notice that meditation doesn't feel like a good fit, maybe it's for right now because you're just starting. And like you said, your brain is so used to going a thousand miles per minute. I love breath work because you get the benefits of meditation, but then you're also allowing yourself to release from the body. So it's Mm -hmm. almost like a two for one, if that makes sense, where when you breathe, what happens is a lot of us are so used to being in our heads. So all of our energy is in the mind. We're we're working from the top down. Breath work is a bottom up approach where you, the energy, right? The breath flows throughout the body on a cellular level and you give your mind permission to release all that it's holding and it begins to flow through your body and be released. When the mind is quiet, you're going to get the benefits of mindfulness the same way that you would with meditation. You might get those downloads and answers that you've been seeking. And again, you're also allowing yourself to calm your nervous system, to reset the nervous system. So you're releasing the stress that you've been holding as well. Gotcha. Yeah, no. And and, and I like that. And you're, and you're right. It's like, um, I think because we get into these absolutes, mm-hmm. you know, like someone tells you, Dominique, you should, you should meditate. And then you sit there, you're like, well, I suck at it. So mm-hmm. that's not going to work. And then you're off to like the next thing to solve your problem versus is there another way that I can create this downtime? Yeah. 
Absolutely. And for anyone who's listening that isn't familiar with breathwork, um, and I don't, because I don't want to assume that everyone has heard of it, um, breathwork is the act of conscious breathing. So right now, as Kim and I are having this conversation, we're both breathing, thankfully. It's not something that we have to think about because imagine how hard life would be if we had to think about every breath. But with breathwork or deep breathing, it's the act of really consciously controlling the breath. And so the automatic breathing practice just happens. Breathwork is taking deep breaths in, really pulling from the belly, slowing down the exhale, or maybe it's speeding up the breath because you're feeling tired and you want some energy. You know, instead of going for that midday cup of coffee, you can do some conscious breaths, some some faster breaths to really warm up the body and bring some warm, some warm energy into the body. And so, breathwork is beautiful. It's a beautiful healing modality that we all have access to anytime in our day. It doesn't take a long time. You don't have to have a ton of time to breathe, but it heals your body on a cellular level. So it's like the breath moves throughout the body and it is able to heal the body on a, a really, really deep level. It's beneficial for what we're talking about, re releasing uh, stress and releasing trauma that you've been holding on to. It's helpful for mental clarity and providing energy. There's so many benefits. It's beautiful for tapping into your intuition if you're someone who's constantly searching for answers and maybe seeking external validation to help you figure out things. That's one of the reasons why I love it because it helps me to quiet the mind and go right to the heart. So there's a ton of benefits from breath work, but essentially it's the act of conscious breathing. And and I and I like that. And um one of the things we were talking before we actually pressed the record button was the way that I can access breath work even when I'm busy. You know, many we were talking before that, you know, we both have clients who are just like go, 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 go. And that, you know, uh girl, I don't have time. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, you know, even sitting at your desk, you yeah. can access either meditation or breath work that can give you that five minutes without um, feeling like you have to, you know, have this dedicated time to it. Yeah. So the way that I uh, trained and was, um, was guided when I went through my certification program was I learned two types of breath patterns or breath, not patterns, but breath work practices. There's integrative, which means you can integrate it throughout your day. So those are shorter 10 minutes, not 10 minutes, uh, eight minute or less sessions. It can be a minute. It can be two minutes up to eight minutes. And then there's meditative, which is longer, deeper sessions, which is, it's called a meditative session because again, it's going to be going deeper. It's going to be tapping into the intuition. A lot of times for those, we recommend lying down because you're going to be, you know, shifting the pH in your body and having physical changes that occur as a result. With the integrative sessions, you're not going to have as much of that physical change, but you'll still have the benefits from taking those deep breaths. And so I like to tell people, you can be typing on your computer. You can get an email that's stressful, that something is now moved up that you thought was due two days from now. And you immediately feel that like stiffness in your body, the heart, you feel it in your heart, you feel it in your stomach. That's when you take a couple of breaths, even if it's like five breaths, you know, that's when you take those big breaths in from the belly, pulling from the belly, holding, and then releasing all the way down from the chest. You can also be loading the dishwasher and taking intentional conscious breaths. You can be driving in your car and sitting at a red light. Now, I don't suggest practicing breath work on the go, like driving, but you can be sitting at a red light and have your eyes open and just taking a couple of deep breaths. I do that often when I have my crazy kids in the back. And they're yep. fighting, you know, they're two girls, they're always fighting. And I'm like, okay, let me breathe before I, before I yell. And then I don't feel good about that later. And so you can be walking, going for a walk and taking a couple of deep breaths. And so 
there's always time to access the breath and access the benefits of breath work. And it's, it's funny. Cause I, um, this is several years ago. Um, this woman used to give me massages and before we would start, she would be like, all right, Kim, take a deep breath. And like, I would take this breath and she literally laughed in my face. She's like, you think that's deep? Mm. <laughs> and mm. it was just like, you know, that was before I even had heard of breath work and, and, and like for literally five minutes before we would do any type of massage, she would like, she's like, okay, she goes, let's go south of your heart. <laughs> Cause right yeah. now you're just, you're just breathing to your heart. And the more she, we, we would have these conversations about it. Um, the more I would look at people, you know, I teach group fitness mm-hmm. and I would look at people and even before we even really got into the heart of class, there would be a lot of like these, like very shallow like breathing. Yes. Breathing. And so when you, you know, you got to the end and now as I'm starting to string life together, mm-hmm. now I understood why when you went to yoga, they're like, you know, yes. all the way down to your belly button, because mm-hmm. no one consciously yeah. unless you're taught breathe to your belly button someone someone says dominice belly button breathe all the way down your belly button because we're just like breathing is just how i get by mm-hmm. like i just need to breathe but i don't think of it as a essential to my life oh i love what you just said um it literally gave me chills thank you for that naming that because what i teach and what i had to reprogram my body for is deep diaphragmatic breathing so yeah. our diaphragm like sits right around the rib area and like you said a lot of us we just breathe from our chest so mm-hmm. the, when we breathe the the breath is supposed to ex- be able to explore explore the full body like the the, the upper half of the body a lot of us, because we've been under stress for so long, we don't even realize that we're just breathing from the tr- chest. That's an indicator of a body that's in a stress response constantly. Mm-hmm. So when you give your breath permission to explore the diaphragm, to explore the belly, that helps to shift and reset the nervous system. And so for anyone who's like, what does it even mean to breathe from my belly? If you take a big breath in and you imagine that you're breathing and you're expanding your belly like a balloon, you're engaging the belly. Most of us, when we breathe, we don't do that deep of a breath, but that is such an important part of breath work. And what happens is, again, the breath now has an opportunity to explore the belly, to explore the diaphragm, to explore the ribs, to explore the chest. And then you hold that for a second and you release. And it's a it's a completely different experience. And over time, a consistent breath work practice helps to reset our breathing patterns. Because like you said, you notice it with your clients. A lot of us are walking around, we're breathing from our chest and we're breathing fast and something happens. We feel like that choked up sensation in our heart. Mm-hmm. And that's because we're we're not breathing fully. So taking deep breaths begins to allow us to shift off that stress response that our bodies are constantly in and turn on the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest, or I like to say rest and restore because it gives our bodies time to repair. And so that's another important uh, benefit of breathing is that you literally begin to shift the body back to, it's like a factory reset almost, where you shift the body back to how we were designed to be, but not how many of us are existing today. Yeah. And, you know, the, I love what you said, rest and digest, um, because, um, many of the women that I work with, you know, I always talk to them about, you know, I was like, I'm like, do you poop? Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. you know, many of them feel constipated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I go stress. And, you know, for many people, they don't, you know, when I, someone tells me stress is just how my life is. And I'm just like, 
let's let's let that one go. <laughs> right. I was like, okay, we got. I'm like, I mean, we got that. Tell, tells me we got a lot of work here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So let's start from the beginning. Like what causes you stress? And so one of the things, like, then when someone tells me, I'm like, well, do you poop? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you know, a couple times, a couple times a week. And I'm just like, all right. And I, then we start talking about digestion and how it's like your stress mm-hmm. is held in your body in places. And I don't think people get the, the, uh, interactions that stress has at various points in your body that you know it can manifest it in so many mm-hmm. different ways depending on how you hold it you know oh, it's like yes. you know I like for me it's my shoulders as soon as I feel like my shoulders are up here mm-hmm. I'm like okay I don't know and maybe I don't feel stressed but I'm like okay something is happening and I have to kind of like sit and be like what is it to kind of identify it so I can start to unpeel the layers Yes. So the constipation piece, there's two things I want to say about that. I was taking notes as you were talking. So when we are stressed, when we, when our bodies are in a flight or a fight or flight response, which is what happens when we're in a stress, stress response, there certain bodily functions are necessary. So what, so Mm -hmm. let me back up. So when we experience stress, stress is designed, our mind, the number one um, goal of our mind is to keep us safe, to keep us alive. So when we yep. experience stress, our mind is thinking, I'm in a dangerous situation where my life is threatened right now and I need to do something to keep myself alive. Now, this was wonderful. Thousands of years ago, when we roamed the planet with saber two tigers and our lives were literally in danger. But the issue is that so many of us are dealing with modern day stressors. So at any given moment, in any given period, 24 hour period, we can be stressed from that. We can experience stressors from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed. Your body doesn't know that your boss just sent you an email or, you know, your colleague mm-hmm. was being a jerk at work. Your body thinks that you're in a state of dying or surviving. And it's right. having that same sort of response in your body as if you were being chased by a tiger. Now, you know, consciously that you're just sitting at your desk and this thing is happening. But again, your body is responding as if it needs to save your life. So all of the same chemicals and hormones, the adrenaline, the cortisol, all of these things are being constantly released into your blood, your bloodstream from your nervous system. What happens is there are physical changes that happen. So your heart is going to beat faster. The blood is going to rush to your muscles because your body thinks, oh shit, I got to run, right? Like I got to get out of here. Right. Um, your, your, your blood pressure is going to increase to make sure that this happened. Like all of these biological things happen when we experience stress. The other side of that, that a lot of people don't know is that when all of those things happen, your body also shuts down certain functions. So it will shut down your digestive system. It will shut down your reproductive system because you don't need to be digesting food when you're trying to run away from a tiger. So when women are dealing with constipation, that's a sure sign or anyone, not just women, but when we are as human beings dealing with something like constipation, that is a sign that your body is in a stress response because it's constantly shutting down digestion because because it thinks that you're trying to run from a tiger or run from, you know, whatever thing is threatening your life. So right. again, that is, a, that is, that lets you know, our bodies are always communicating with us. Like that is your body saying something's not right here. And you got to right. do things to let your body know that it's safe so that it can turn on the digestion and the reproduction, like even having issues with, you know, getting pregnant and all of those things. Like there's mm. always a reason for things like reproduction literally gets shut down when you're stressed. And so your body isn't prioritizing birthing a baby, it's trying to keep you alive or, you know, creating a baby, it's trying to keep you alive. 
So that was the first thing I wanted to say. I'm going to pause there and see if you had any thoughts on that before I address that uh, constipation yeah. from an energetic place. You're spot on because most people, you know, we've been um, so uh, marketed to that constipation is a metamucil mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just take some meta, just take some metamucil every morning and y'all poop like a champ. Yep. And that ain't it. <laughs> right. Like you can't out where you can't I always say you can't out supplement your life. Like your lifestyle is always going to win. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And the second thing I wanted to note is that I love, I have spent um time studying and creating a course that's all about balancing the chakras because in addition to our physical bodies we also have our energetic bodies and so mm-hmm. a lot of us we aren't grounded and that's why we have all of these things happening the stress the constipation all of the bodily functions constipation is a malfunction of a root chakra imbalance so the root chakra is the first chakra in the system of seven chakras and the chakras are just energy wheels that hold energy. And when they're functioning properly, they communicate with one another and energy is flowing. But when they aren't properly functioning, they might be blocked or they might be imbalanced or, you know, there's something stopping the energy from moving. Things manifest physically. So everything starts energetically before it starts physically. The root chakra is the home of our past experiences, our memories, our cultural, like where we built our first tribe, our community, all of our values and beliefs are stored there. So if you have gone through any sort of, you know, childhood trauma or any trauma from your life, or there's things that you're holding, constipation can be a sign that you're holding uh, energy in the root chakra that needs to be released. Even like lower back pain, people just think, I'm going to put a heating pad on this. The root (laughs) chakra is located at the base of the spine and any sort of lower body, you know, uh, extremities that are happening, things that are off, can be an indication of a root chakra imbalance. And so you might, again, when I was talking about, I spent that 90 days releasing, I was releasing things that I had been holding energetically as well. Yeah, no, and and you're right. Um, There was a woman who came on my show probably two or three years ago and she was like, "Uh, if you can't hear your body whisper, how can you hear it scream? Oof, so good. Yeah, and I just think back and 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 you know, if you kind of like, it's, once you get to the other side, it's really easy to start to get reflective and start to see all of these little like smoke signals that your body was giving you for, for me, decades. And I finally, you know, now I look back and I was like, you know what? I've been a hot mess for a long time. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, like many of us think that like all of a sudden you put on 50 pounds or all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, this back pain just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And if you look back and you chip away at all the things that you did over the course of time, you're like, oh yeah, oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, that too. And I don't think many of us, you know, as you just unpacked was that all of our experiences lead. And if we haven't dealt with our shit, it's just going to just keep going into that box, going into that box, going into that box. And eventually that box is going to overflow. Yeah. Yeah. The body holds the truth is what I like to say. And so our bodies Mm. are literally walking libraries of all of our experiences. And what I tell people when it comes to stress is that you might be dealing with stress today, You might be dealing with stress from last week. You might be still holding stress in your body from last month. You might be holding stress in your body from two years ago when the pandemic hit, unless you're in 10 years ago, you know, decades ago, 
Unless mm-hmm. you signal to your body that it is safe to release, your body's literally holding on to all of that. And that was the case for me. I was holding on to as a mid, you know, as a as a grown adult woman, childhood right. trauma that I needed to let go. Oh, and I thought, God. you know, consciously that I had worked through it because I've been to therapy no. and I've done all the things. But the mind and the body are they're they're connected, and you know we know that. But they're complete. The way that you approach them and the way that you heal them is completely different. And so many of us, and I was just having a conversation with a woman yesterday. This is a great example. I was talking to um, an old college friend, and we just reconnected via Zoom. I sometimes do spirit checks with my with my friends when I just want to check in on them. And we were talking, and she had just recently had a new baby, but she experienced child loss a couple of years ago, mm. and she was saying how over the last almost four years now since she experienced that first loss she's been dealing with an ongoing depression and she's been really sad and she has moments where she comes out of it but then she goes back and I was asking her well what are you doing to work through and she's like I've been in therapy since 2019 and I'm still fighting this energy and I said well what do you do for your body and she's like nothing and I'm like, well, yeah, you're processing it consciously, but your body's still holding on to the loss of that child. Whatever other right. experiences in your life that you've incurred, you you are not giving your body any sort of way to release. And mm. we sometimes shun emotions and we put them in categories of this oh, is negative and this is positive. And, you know, I don't want to feel sad or mm-hmm. I don't want to feel angry, but mo- emotions are just messengers. They're just communicators of things going on in your body. And so if you feel sadness or if you feel anger or whatever mo- emotions that we, I'm doing air quotes we negatively feel that's your body saying hey there's something here that you need to address and so when we go to therapy we're talking through and processing it and trying to make sense of it but the body is still holding it the body is still holding on to it and so that's where the somatic approaches the body centered approaches become so important in conjunction with something like therapy to help us process through and fully heal. But we're missing so much of the healing process if we're only going to therapy or if we're only focusing on the nutrition plan. And so that's why I'm so passionate about the work that I do because a lot of people don't realize that our bodies literally keep the score. It does. And I, and I love that. Um, I love that uh, saying because the body does keep score, even though we might've moved on. Yeah. We've been like, Oh, that was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm and you moved on, your body still is holding on to it because it's like, well, I just want to make sure I remember how to deal with this so that if we happen to pawn again, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I don't, I think like mentally, like I know um, my husband, and I were just talking about this yesterday, that like, we're not dwellers. Like we're people who just, we don't we're like, yeah, that, that happened. It was bad. It was shitty. And you're just like, you moved on, but then are you still somewhere in like the back closet? Is there something still there? Yeah. Yeah. Where there are other people who that's that trauma has happened to them every single day or every few moments they relive where they were. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, you go back and forth, like they're both responses. Like there's no good. There's no bad. It's just how, you know, you deal with your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always encourage people um, that healing is a multi-pronged process of let's let's approach it from the mind and let's talk through it and understand it because sometimes talking through and understanding it is important. Let's have those conversations, those courageous conversations, but let's also breathe. Let's also mm. do yoga or you know what you can go for a walk. It doesn't have to be comp- again, it doesn't have to be hard. 
when when we were in COVID and I lost the weight that I lost, I wasn't going to the gym. The gyms weren't open. I was doing right. 15 minute home workouts or taking my kids out to get fresh air and going for a 30 minute walk. It was easy. Doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be a complicated process of working out and, you know, going hard at the gym five days a week and burning yourself out from that physical because even that can be a stressor for your body. You right. can let it be easy, but you do have to release the energy. And so going back to what we said at the top of the conversation with the importance of building self-awareness, you have to start to notice how your body is communicating to you. Like you mentioned, right. feeling that tightness and tension in the shoulders. So many people are stressed every day and they don't even realize the indicators of stress. So just starting to, again, be mindful, notice, notice, sense and feel how your body is responding to you. Building that awareness with your body goes a long way because for me, I've been doing this work for a couple of years now. I can feel when my body is holding stress. I don't, it's not that I don't get stressed because I teach people, you know, I educate people on how to manage stress. I'm still human. My body still responds to things, but I'm much more aware of it now. So it doesn't build the way that it used to build. Yeah. And it's, it's, and you know, it's funny because I think people always think that like you're cured. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, you're never cured. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's like going on a road trip and it's like, you've just made a pit stop. Like, and so now as you move forward past that pit stop, you remember, you're like, oh yeah, I remember back in Ohio. And now you're like, oh yeah. And we got through that. Okay. So I'm going to get through it the same way I got, got to Ohio. And I think for many of us, um, we just think that it's once something happens, it's in your rear view mirror. And it's always, you know, there's always going to be something that pops up and it could be the same thing over and over again until you finally slay that dragon. Yeah. And that takes time. I think I always share with people in the healing process that our mind or our ego has a certain amount of time that it thinks Oh, yeah. Healing to occur. So we might think, oh, I've been working through this for six months. I should be healed of this from Mm -hmm. by now. But the body and the healing process and the body is completely different. So it might it might take you a couple of days or months to feel relief. But if you've been really holding on to something for a while, it can also take longer. And so having that grace and compassion with yourself is so important to the healing and releasing process. And also understanding. I also share that. If you've been dealing with ongoing stress and trauma for years, your nervous system is not resetting overnight. It's going to take some time for you to feel different. So you might do one breathwork session and you're like, well, that didn't work because I still feel the same. Well, yeah, you've been holding stress in your body for 15 years. Like give your body some grace and let, let it do what it needs to do. But our bodies are such beautiful vessels that they have the ability to heal themselves a lot of the times. We have so much power than we recognize and realize, but it does sometimes take time. And so if it's been years of piling on and, you know, um, behaviors that haven't been serving you, you got to give your body some time to reset, to kind of go back. Like I said, that factory reset, that that's a process and it can take some time. Yeah, no. And I I think you're right. Like we're, we just want that, like, you know, that aspirin effect. Mm-hmm. I took an aspirin and two hours later, my headache better be gone. Yeah. And you're just like, no, like you're unpacking for some people decades yeah. of stories, yeah. bullshit, yeah. life that it's like, you know, it's a never ending story. Yeah. I love that. And I think go, like all of this is kind of coming full circle as we, as we near the end of this conversation, right. Thinking about what beliefs and values that you're holding that need to be released. 
if you are someone who's always looking for the quick fix, you got to let that go and understand that yeah. this can take some time. It might take time for you to see those results physically, and it might take time for you to feel those results internally with your nervous system and to feel that stress start to dissipate. It might take some time for you to reset those values and beliefs that you've been holding. It's not a race. You know, we we're so again, because we live in this instant gratification society, we're always looking for the quick fix. But I can tell you from my own experience, and I think we share that in common, we've tried the quick fixes and they sure they might work temporarily, but they don't work in the long term. And so it's like, what can I do to to begin to focus on being a healthy, whole healed version of myself and honoring that that might take some time? Yeah, agreed, agreed. And you know, that's a, a perfect spot for us to wrap up our call. Like I loved everything you shared here. And mm-hmm. you know, for I love when I meet guests that we don't have a connection prior to the call, that we both come to the same place. It is a journey. Like it's it's not gonna be, you know, take two of these and call me in the morning. It's mm-hmm. We are always going to be working, you know, they say new level, new devil. So it's like, once you kind of work through something, something else might either pop its way up immediately or months down the line. And you're like, damn, I thought I was done. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I'm here, you know? So I love that the the things that you share, that it's like really just coming back to me and Mm -hmm. giving myself a 30 day challenge, Mm -hmm. you know, and not a hard challenge. The hard challenge. Can you sit for five minutes quietly meditating breath or just, just sitting? Yeah. Wrapping yourself to that damn chair. I love that. I love that as a takeaway for your listeners, because again, doesn't have to be hard, doesn't have to be long for it to be impactful and helpful for you. But you do need to start going within and connecting with yourself and just tuning into what is going on in your body, building that self-awareness. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So thank you so much for taking the time today. So before we wrap up, two things. Mm -hmm. One, what is one thing that makes you feel magical? Oof, I love this question. In this moment, what's coming up for me is owning the power that I've been so afraid to own for such a long time. I have ran away from being seen because of my own trauma, being heard because of my own trauma that it was like, "Mm -mm, God, I don't want to do that. Like, don't give me that. Give me something else. Give me something easy. And I have sat on goals that have been on my heart for a really long time because I've been afraid to be seen and heard by the world and literally just afraid of my own power. And so what makes me feel magical in this moment is that I am finally at a space in my life where I'm open to the magic, the power that I'm holding. And so I'm literally um, writing a book right now. I've pretty much finished. I'm like working through the the self-publishing and printing process, but I'm writing a book. I'm launching a membership for women who are focused on really wanting to nourish themselves more in this somatic and whole way. I'm doing all of these things that are big and scary and it feels amazing and magical. I absolutely love that. And you're you're right. It it is um, the scary part, you know, letting yourself just like be bigger than you think you could be and be like, be okay with it. Be like, you know what? I could blow up like a volcano, but you know, a volcano is not like, oh, I might hurt a village. Like a volcano is like, hey, it's time. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite poems is Our Deepest Fear. And it says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond belief. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) that's scary. That can be scary. You know, if you're not ready to own all of that. 
Yeah. And like every time like I'm about to do something big, I'm always like reflect on that poem or um, Eminem lose it. Mm. Uh, both songs. <laughs> I love both it. things are like, we are like standing on the edge of something really big and you can either run back or you yeah. can just jump, hold your nose and mm-hmm. jump in. And so trust, trust that the universe yes. is going to catch you. So I, I've jumped yeah. and I'm in the trusting space right now. And that feels pretty damn magical. I think the parachute is going to come up for you, sister. <laughs> <laughs> and then where can people find you? Because you, I, I just love, like, I love simple. Like you are simple and I love mm-hmm. it because God knows complicated sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tried complicated for so long and it does suck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it does. There's no way other way to put it. I am most active on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dominice R. Clifton. So if anyone wants to connect with me, those are the two social spaces. And um, I also have for anyone who's listening that might be intrigued by breathwork and wants to try it. I am offering a free 10 minute breathwork guided breathwork session by me. Um, it's uh, breathe with I'm sorry, it's tinyurl.com backslash backslash breathe with Dom. And of course I will give you, I'll share that with you so you can link it in the show notes. But again, that's a free download and it's 10 minutes. It doesn't take a long time. You can do it early in the morning. I know you, I I listened to a couple of episodes and you talk about the morning routine or even before bed. So that would be a beautiful place to start and just try it maybe a few times and see how, see how that lands in your body. Perfect. 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 Oh, this was so great. Like I I know I learned stuff. I always take I always take notes during my podcast. And thank you so so much for the time. And ladies, definitely take her up on that breath work because um I did another breathwork uh podcast I'll link up, but it was like it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. It was a game changer for me. Like it was just it really helps me to just like take the deeper breath that I so needed to take. I love it. Thank you so much, Kim, for having me. This has been such a beautiful conversation. I've enjoyed it so much. You are quite welcome. All right, Magic Makers, make sure you listen to her and make sure you take a nice deep breath and do me a favor, follow her. She gives some great, nice, easy, practical advice because we all need to stop being stress balls. Stress is not just how life is. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.